You're listening to the Writers Forum. I'm your host, Mike Tusa, and today I'll be speaking with author Anne Marie Jameson about her new book, A Bed of Roses. Anne Marie was born in New Orleans and is a retired teacher. Bed of Roses is Anne Marie's first novel, though it is likely to be part of a series. Welcome to the show, Anne Marie. Actually, um, that introduction is a little bit outdated because I did develop a series with A Bed of Roses. Um, and it's called the Will Rose series. And so I'm, now, I'm up to five books, well, four books in the series. Oh, my goodness. Well, I didn't realize that. You and I met some time back. Yes. And uh, I have a copy of A Bed of Roses, which we'll talk about today. Well, good, good clarification. Now, listen, in your bio, I read that you have a bit of a French heritage. So tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your family history. Um, well, um, my father was Cajun, um, French, um, from the, he lived in a little town called Cottonport. Well, actually his, his grandparents lived in Cottonport and he would stay with them in the summers. He lived in Alexandria in Louisiana. And, um, my mother was a mostly French heritage, um, but more of the French heritage than the Cajun hit. Um, French heritage. So, um, but her father was kind of the black sheep of the family and ran off and um, um, made his own farm, bought lands, you know, had his own farm. And he, she was actually raised um, very in a very poor environment. Oh, wow. Um, so that's my heritage, mostly French. Okay. Now you mentioned, and it's in your bio, that you were a retired teacher. What did you teach? Um, I taught special ed. And how, how long did you do that for? 22 years. Wow. Wow. All right. So, you know, because we've talked about it, that the mission of WRBH or part of its mission is to deliver the printed word to folks who are sight impaired. And when we met, you had indicated to me that you were sight impaired. And so I wanted to bring that out and talk about it a little bit and talk about how you go about writing, even though you're sight impaired. Well, luckily, I can see out of one eye, and it's um, while I'm um, three-fourths blind in that eye, I can see up close. So I um, uh, I can see a computer screen fine, um, and I do all my um, writing on the computer. I do very little handwritten outlining, that kind of thing. I, I create. Okay. I kind of create and write on the computer. Uh, there's well, a word for it in the um, writing industry called um, writing. At, you're called a pantster, and it's more. It means you're writing by the seat of your pants, because well, I don't yeah. do a lot of um, um, outlining. I, that was going to actually going to ask you next whether you were an outliner or a panzer. Um, well, when do you write? Do you have a favorite time to write or a favorite place to write? Fa my favorite time to write is. Um, late at night when everybody, when the house is quiet and everybody's asleep and, you know, nobody's, no, no phones ringing or doorbells ringing. But, um, uh, I do write during the day also, but as I said, it's, um, it's hard for me to write when I have distractions. Sure. I get, I get going, I get in my groove and, um, I, you know, I don't want to be disturbed. I can write like, five, six, seven hours and not get up at all except for to go to the bathroom or to eat. Oh, wow. And sometimes wow. I don't even eat. 
I got you. But if my well, husband you, comes in and interrupts me, then it completely breaks my cycle. <laughs> Do you have, so you always write from home? You don't, you know, it's because I've yes. interviewed writers. Yes. My dream is to go on a, a vacation all by myself, but be on the beach or something like that and be able to just write. I love the beach and be able to just um, write undisturbed um, with the, you know, the, the beach around me, you know, peace. Yeah. Sure. That kind of thing. That's my dream, but it haven't, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about Bed of Roses, the book that, that I have that you provided me. Um, did you start off with character ideas or did you start off with a plot idea? Well, um, I've always loved to write. From I started writing when I was in high school, and ever since then I loved to write. And when I was a teacher, I wrote a lot of short stories for children. Um at one point, when I was writing short stories, I thought, well, I'd like to write a novel. And so I started this novel about this woman who had a bed and breakfast, because I had always wanted to have a bed and breakfast at that time. And eventually I did have my own bed and breakfast, but um, I got it after I had started writing that novel. But um, I only wrote two chapters, and then um, life got in my way. Like I said, I can't write when I have all kinds of distractions. So um, I put the book aside and I didn't write it anymore. And then um, in 2003, a lady approached me about publishing one of my short stories in a self-published manner. Uh -huh. And so um, she talked me into doing it and I did it, but I had to put up all the money for it. I had to pay her for her consulting fees. I had to pay printing fees. At that time, they didn't have print on demand. So you had to buy all your books in advance, I bought 2,000 books because it was almost as cheap to buy 2,000 as 1,000 and um, ended up with a lot of books stored in my attic because I didn't have um, a whole lot of ways to market. Back then, they didn't have Amazon and they didn't have, you know, as much Internet kind right. of, you know, advertising and that kind of thing. There was, um, I don't even know how much email was used at that time. But anyway, so... Um, um, I kind of thought, well, that's a flop. And I lost, you know, $5,000 or whatever and a bunch of my time. So um, I didn't touch writing again. And then my mother got really sick and um, I had to go take care of her. And I, from there, I took when she died, I was taking care of my dad. So life was just busy. I didn't write again. And then um, when my dad died and um in 2015, my siblings said, you have to write a story about all of our life experiences. You know, you have to, uh, you know, it's, um, and you're the only one, they, you know, they wanted to write the story, but they were like, you're the only one who can write. So um, I said, I tried doing a novel once before. It did not work. Um, I can't do it. It's too, too big of a task, et cetera, et cetera. But they kept bugging me and finally, I tried, and that's how I wrote A Bed of Roses. All right, but did you start off with character ideas, or did you say, I know what the plot's going to be, and I'll, I'll do the well, plot? Well, um, I already knew loosely what the story was going to be about because um, it was based on family. Oh, um, okay. And so the um, it, even though it's fictional, it was we were taken to something that happened in our life, and... Um, um, making a story, story. Sure. so yeah. it's autobiographical um, the um 
my sister, I asked her, I said, where should I start this story? Because I didn't know she wanted me to write something about our childhood or, you know, what? Because she was like, you have to write about the family. You have to write about the family. We had so many different stories that happened. And um, so I said, where do you want me to write this story? Where do you want me to begin it? And she said, begin it at daddy's funeral. And I said, why would I write a book started at our dad's funeral? <laughs> and so um Anyway, the more I got to thinking about it, I realized why she thought that was a good idea, because we had um, a very common thing happen in our family where our father, uh, after being married to our mother for 50 years, when my mother died, he fell apart and decided he, he couldn't live alone. So he ends up marrying my mother's best friend or one of my mother's best friends. And um, and over a period of time he decides he that um she means more to him than his five than his um seven children at that time his seven children and um he ends up in the will leaving her everything and her kids of course got everything because she was elderly too and um and you know not leaving anything to his kids our grandkids so um that was of course a uh, um, bitter thing for us to swallow it felt like being disowned so um so that's kind of the storyline you know when well, you write a book you got to have some kind of conflict yeah and yeah. that was the conflict that we used to write it to well write and that's very much the storyline now i know where now i know where most of it came from yeah now, the, so, the novel the novel is so writing the story was very easy because it just kind of poured out because it was based sure. on a real experience yeah. The novel is set in Natchitoches. Did you have to do any research or anything like that on the town? In yes, order to I, I went to Natchitoches. Uh, I knew a few things about Natchitoches and I had been there once before. But the reason why I used Natchitoches as my background is because um, I wanted to have the main character have a bed and breakfast. Um, and um, she, since I had already kind of started a story in that direction and I did end up opening a bed and breakfast in in um in Thibodeau, Louisiana is where I had my bed and breakfast and I had it for six years before I um had to sell it um to go take care of my parents and they lived in Ruston, Louisiana. Anyway, so I um I wanted to have the main character have a bed and breakfast. Natchitoches is known for its bed and breakfasts and it's a touristy town. Um, the, uh, uh, besides that, my mother's family had history in Natchitoches. My grandfather and grandmother were both born in the Natchitoches area. And my grandfather's family had deep roots in Natchitoches. They owned a plantation for years, um, that, um, they got, they, uh, acquired in the late 1700s, 1800s. And, um, they're, when their family came over, their ancestors came over from France. So um, I use that as the, the background for my story. And then I went to Natchitoches while I was writing the story to kind of, you know, get familiar with the town and, the you know, meet a lot of the different people. And so I put a lot of things about Natchitoches, real things about Natchitoches in the story, like restaurants and streets and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I did notice that. Now, you've touched on some of this already, so some of my questions we're going to have to explore okay. a little bit more. I'm but, sorry, I may be no, that's, that's not too our, much information. That's okay. 
the story revolves around a large family. The patriarch of the family is Jack. Jack and Maggie had eight children together. Sounds very similar to what you were yes, saying. My parents had eight children. One yeah. one um, um, passed away. He's no right. longer with us. But And Jack has lost his wife, Maggie, but he remarries Lily. And Jack's children and the extended family, which I found to be funny, uh, and we'll talk about that, are not too happy about this. Okay. No. About <laughs> which was the, the reaction my family had to. Right. And let's talk about it in the context of the book. What was the concern of the extended family in the book about the remarriage to Lily? They were kind of, um, you know, bewildered by it and they thought it was sudden. And um, they um, not all of them had the same exact reaction. Some thought, well, maybe this will be a good thing because she'll help take care of him because he had a lot of health issues in the story. And others were, you know, animately against it from the beginning. You know, this is so real life. I mean, I, I can think of several instances in my life. Unfortunately, I'm old enough to know these things where people had these types of problems come up when somebody remarries. Yes. I didn't realize how common it was till I started promoting my book. And um, people were saying, oh, that happened to my family. You know, every, almost yeah. everybody that reads it says that, that yeah. it either happened in their family or they know someone whose family it happened in. Well, and, and good books have universal themes, and this is a universal yeah. theme for a lot uh, and of people. Like I said, I, I didn't know it was going to be a universal theme. And when we wrote it, we just wrote it uh, um, more to write a story than to write a book. And we didn't expect to sell it. You know, it was it was just something we were doing as a family. You know, right. my All sisters, right. my sister, whose idea it was, and my brother, they um, contributed a lot to the first book. Okay. And the center of the novel is the fact, or the centerpiece is the fact that Jack changes his will, as we've talked about, to leave everything to, including the family estate, Bell Rose, to Lily. Okay. Now I know where I was going to ask you, where did that idea come from? Yes. Now I know where it came from. Did yeah, that? I'm not, I'm not this creative a writer as a lot of people. I use a lot of um, my own experiences in my writing. I think a lot of writers do that. Was that something similar in your family, though, that there was like a family estate that was also left? Yes, it wasn't as big as the one I wrote about, but there was um, family property. Now, the family property was not the same exact family property that my mother's family had. Um, my mother's family, like I said, started out as a plantation in Natchitoches. My grandfather was... Um, was a black sheep of family. So he went and started his, his um, land farm in North Louisiana. And um, when it was sold, um, when he, when my grandparents died, it went to um, all the siblings um, sold their part to my uncle, who is uncle Tommy in the book. And so he owned the family land there. And then um, my parents took the money that they got from their property and other money that my, they had. And um, they went bought property in Ruston, Louisiana. So okay. that's where the family land was, was in Ruston. Okay. Right. And um, so where it's really three different pieces of property, one in Natchitoches, one in Bastrop, Louisiana, and then one in Ruston, but I make it just one property in the book. Right. In the book, it's sense. one, in the book, it's one property. It's Bell Rose. It's a family estate that's been there for within the family for a long time. 
Now, right. one thing I thought was interesting in the book was that you include a series of recipes, supposedly yes. from Maggie. Yes, that was very popular, and it was kind of a, done as an afterthought. Right. And food is something that can bind families together. But when I was reading the book, what I thought about it, and I, I thought this was really a, a well-done idea, is it kept Maggie, who is the deceased wife, alive in the course of the book. Right. Referring to her recipes. Did um, you think about it that I'm way? I'm so glad you, you picked up on the fact that while Mary was, I mean, while Maggie was deceased at the beginning of the series and all throughout the four books in the series, she plays a part because um, she's really what um, made the family. She was so, um, she was the glue for the family. You know, she was um, the, they all um, revered their mother, you know, while they had um, difficult situations with their father, they, they all, you know, loved their mother, almost idolized her mother at, at her death and um and her mother's their mother's family and so um so she, i wanted to make her a big part of the book the story and in fact my third book in the series is based a lot on maggie okay well the recipe the recipes were a good way to keep her kind of front and center in the book Yes. Uh, at least I yes. thought so. Okay. Now, and I'm, I'm, I'm very little people uh, ever bring that up that I did that, you know, as a, a shout out to Maggie. And um, mm -hmm. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to develop the character. All right. There's trouble at the outset. And I found this was the amusing part of the book. After Jack's death, the uncles, Tommy and Robbie, are going to show their displeasure in some um, some amusing ways. Were those real life or did you have to come up with those? Well, actually, some of those things did um, occur, maybe not quite as um, as hysterically as I described them. Okay. Uh, there was a skunk incident, um, but not it, the skunk was not um, intentionally put there. It just happened. What actually in the real life, what happened was the dog found the skunk oh, okay. and um, he um, got into a fight with the skunk and then he came into the house and um, the whole house smelled like skunk. And they had a real hard time getting the smell, skunk smell out of the house. So these, these were things that Tommy and uh, Robbie do to show their displeasure to Willie over the fact that she's now going to get. Oh, actually, the aerator thing with the pond, that happened in real life, too. Uh, okay. it, it wasn't a, a stunt in the book, but it, and it wasn't a stunt in real life. It, it actually happened. And that was a very eerie thing. It's, it's very eerie to wake up one morning and go out and see all these dead fish on the shore of your pond, of your, right, you know, little right, right. pond there. It, and then the smell and everything, it was like. I'd never seen such a thing. Yeah. Well, I just, I thought it was funny and it added another dimension to the book in that it added some humor. Yeah. Uh, Most people say when they read a bed of roses that um, uncle Tommy's their favorite character. Yeah. Well, he was, he was definitely interesting. Now I was going to ask you if this was part of a series and you've already told us that it was, yes. where does it, where does it fit in the series? You said there's five books. Where does it fit? Well, there's, actually four books in the series and the fifth book is a spinoff of the series It's same okay. characters but it takes a, a different um okay a different type of um, direction um so um bed of roses where does it fit 
A Bed of Roses is the first book. Okay, it is. The um, okay. Bell Rose is the second book. Petite Rose is the third book. And Coming Up Roses is the fourth book. Okay, all right. Well, and you know, I, Petite Rose is about Maggie and Jack when they meet as um, young adults. Okay, so it goes back in time, in other words. Yes. Okay. Are all the books semi-autobiographical? All, are all of them what? Uh, semi-autobiographical? Oh, um, not as much as The Bed of Roses, but there are things that I ha that happen in real life that are in the book. Well, let me ask you this. Even though these are based on some real-life events, I always ask fiction writers, you know, when you create a good character, the character helps write the novel. People universally say that as writers. Did you when have you, that same... Create, I'm sorry, I missed that last part. When you create a character, what did you say? The character helps write the novel. Oh, did yes, you, definitely. In fact, I just did a Q&A with someone else and I brought that out that they that the that's what happens is the characters take on a life of their own and they kind of write the story. Yeah. So you've had that experience. Yeah. Even like I said, a lot of it's not stuff that really happened in our lives. It's stuff that that the characters seem to write themselves, you know, they, yeah. it just, and that's how I write. A lot of times I don't even know how the book's going to end. I just start writing and figure out what the characters would do next. Well, so using that idea, was there one character or more than one character that helped the most in writing the book? Well, I don't know if you noticed, but Mary is my alter ego. Okay. And so she writes a lot of the story, you know, through me. Um, um, she's kind of, like I said, my alter ego. And um, that's most of the stories kind of loosely center around her, but that each book um, centers like Bell Rose, the second book kind of centers around her character, her sister, uh, Maddie. And then Petite Rose, like I said, centers around Maggie. And then um, Coming Up Roses centers around the um, brothers. So it um, they tr she tries to kind of, uh, I try, I should say, to spread the love, you know, not to make it just about M Maggie, not I just about it. Mary. All right. So let me end with this question. Okay. And, and this is interesting because it, the book is so autobiographical. I always ask writers, you know, when you create a character and then you put the character in certain circumstances that they have to figure their way out, what do you learn about yourself? And so I'm going to, even though this is somewhat autobiographical. I've never been asked that question, but I guess I would say that I learned um, some of my strengths that I didn't really recognize, you know, and um also uh, really identified with the um, place that I have in the family. You know, um, in the book, I say that Mary's kind of, she takes over her mother's role and a lot, she's very much like her mother and, and she's kind of the glue that keeps the family together after her mother dies. Um, and in my life, that's become true in a lot of ways that I'm the one that kind of, um, the rest of my family looks to to um, to be the co the connection between all the other siblings. All of my siblings live um, in different areas of the of the country, like they did in the book, and um, 
they so we don't get to see each other a lot, but we try to communicate regularly. And a lot of them will call me and say, you know, have you heard from this one or have you heard from that one? You know. Okay. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, Folks, you've been listening to the Writers Forum, and I've been speaking with author Anne Marie Jameson about her new novel, or one of her new novels, A Bed of Roses. Anne Marie, is there a website or social media site that folks can go to in order to Um, learn more about you? In order to learn learn more about you and about the books? The best way to um, learn about my books is to find me on Facebook, which it's under Arthur. Anne Marie Jameson. In order, if you want to go straight to ordering my books, the easiest way to to find my books and descriptions of my books is um, going to www.amazon.com slash author slash Anne Marie Jameson. All lower lower. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. And I hope people will look my books up and see if they um, in or what they would like to read. They're mostly for women. Uh, well, I enjoyed it, too. Folks, oh, well, thank listening. you. I'm glad you did. You can now you can read the second one. There we go. Folks, okay. the music for the show has been provided by Valerie Hunt Jester and the show is produced by our very own Tyler O'Brien. Tune in next Tuesday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or Wednesday at 5.30 in the morning to hear the next segment of the Writer's Forum.